Thank you for tuning in. This is What the Bleep with Sarah Blair and Crystal Gwynn. Crystal Gwynn! I'm going to leave this because I just totally effed that up. What the bleep? Anyways, her real name is Crystal Gwynn. <laughs> Hi, Crystal! Hello. Quito. So I have like some interesting things that I've been kind of like researching. Um, It's kind of like a little bit old news, not and still kind of new uh, about the they call them the zombie deer. Zombie deer. Zombie deer. They have like (laughs) (laughs) there's like a really really bad disease called chronic wasting disease and it's in wild deer in I think it started in like Pennsylvania and it's gone to Colorado and basically it's in like 24 states now jeez really yeah so So, go ahead what happens to the deer well they it's like a the disease attacks the brain and it causes it to become like a sponge. It basically like eats holes in it and they end up kind of going, they're like walking around like zombies drooling and they can't, they lose weight and they can't eat and they eventually just die. (laughs) What does it change like their behavior too, or is it just their appearance? No, that it changes their behavior. I mean, they're very unpredictable. Uh, I did see reports on some of them actually attacking bears. Bears? It's <laughs> <laughs> like these deer like coming up and just like beating the crap out of bears. But yeah, <laughs> they're just crazy. I mean, I wouldn't want to get caught out there like just like, oh, look at this majestic deer, and then it come after you and like try to kill you. <laughs> Well, is it aggressive towards people, too, or just bears? (laughs) Yeah, like, basically anything. I mean, if it's aggressive, it's just going to try to kill somebody or something. Or A lot of times they just walk around with droopy ears and their tongues hanging out, and they're just kind of, like, stumbling around in circles. And Are any of them near us? Um, There have been, uh, I think that there was some in Arkansas. Really? Uh, Oklahoma hasn't been uh, put on the map that I've seen, but I mean, if it's in Arkansas, it's probably in Oklahoma. This, what is it called? Waste? Cro- chronic wasting disease, to, uh, CWD. <laughs> Jeez. Well, is it something that could spread to humans? Like, because, you know, a lot of people hunt deer, especially around here, and eat them. Yeah. Well, they, um, there's not been any cases of humans that it's like, actually infected them but they've done testing on uh some primates and some other types of animals that have like the same kind of cells that we do you know that it would infect and they have actually infected some apes with it and so they do think that it is possible that it could get you know yeah contracted to humans eventually Damn, that's scary. Yeah, and what's really scary about it is the incubation period. Like a deer that you would get, you know, you could shoot a deer, it looks perfect. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look sick. It's like a really good deer. The incubation period is 18 months, like a year to 18 months. Like, be- holy crap. Yeah. 
so before they ever show any kind of signs. So you might not even know. Like, mm-hmm. you still might not know. If- yeah. Wow. Like, what if somebody actually has it now and it's just in the incubation period and people just start, like, going crazy? Yeah, like, they wouldn't even... Like, there's no way to know if there's a case if it takes that freaking long. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. What really trips me up, though, is that they are aggressive towards bears, you know? <laughs> Humans, because we're not that intimidating all the time. I mean, they don't know what a what a gun is. And so then, but but you, like, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just picturing this tiny-ass deer... With his, you know, zombie deer friends coming up to this big ass grizzly bear, or just any bear, really, and you know, kind of like just <laughs> trying to kick its ass. <laughs> the bear is just like looking at him up, you know, up and down. Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> you should be scared of me, first of all. Second of all, like I could destroy you. Like he's trying to, you know. Like not be not disrespect the deer in front of his zombie <laughs> friends and embarrass him, but enough is enough, and eventually he's gonna have to just put him in his place. Like I could just see him, like you know, holding his grizzly paw out and pushing, smushing the deer back, and the deer just like wobbling his arms back and forth, trying to grizzly <laughs> bear, like not giving up, you know. Like you would do your little brother or something, yeah. like if. <laughs> <laughs> holding their head back and they're swinging yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, kidding me like this is too easy but whatever come at me bro <laughs> it just that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord yeah uh i don't know that's just it's really strange well, <laughs> that they found that have they found like a cure or anything for it well um in February, they actually did say that um, that they did find the the reason they found the problem. And there's these proteins called prions, and every deer that had CWD had prions, and uh, they thought that that's what was you know causing CWD. Mm-hmm. But the scientist, and I believe in Louisiana which I failed to find his name. <laughs> but um, he actually found out that it was actually caused by a previously undiscovered species of bacteria called spiroplasma. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he's actually isolated this bacteria and can actually grow it in a lab. And um, they're saying that they basically have found the cure, like they f- they found what they need to make the cure. I okay. mean, I don't think that there really is a cure yet, but they are on their way. <laughs> Jeez. Well, like, I hope so. Like, I hope they have a cure in the works because it is, I mean, the incubation period alone is pretty frightening. I mean, yeah. So there could be people out there we have no idea because hunting season was not that long ago. And well, it's been a thing for several years. They just, you know, haven't really taken it seriously right. until it's like really spread. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. But what's cool is this guy, he has made it to where he's he's developed a three-step program 
um, plan. Mm-hmm. Like within the within a year, he plans to have a hunter test kit so that when the when somebody kills a deer, at, they can test the deer at the time of harvest to find out if it's actually got CWD or not. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, so hopefully by next hunting season we'll have that yeah and then um the second one within two years they plan to have vaccines for farm deer and elk and moose because apparently there's like quite a few like actual farmed deer Mm. i don't i don't even know why you would farm deer but i guess like they're getting it too and uh and then after that, they, they're hoping by the third year that they'll have um, a vaccine for the wild populations. Um, they'll, like, administer through nasal spray of some sort. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, I feel sorry for those people having to catch some freaking wild-ass deer <laughs> and stick stuff up their nose. Oh, man. Yeah. It just sounds like the zombie apocalypse just like waiting to happen like it's on the verge yeah existing (laughs) yeah and what's really crazy though is like there's cruisefelt jacob's disease and humans Mm -hmm. like i don't cjd i don't exactly know what it is but they say that like 15 percent of alzheimer patients are misdiagnosed that they actually have uh cjd and he's actually isolated and found that this spiroplasm um mm-hmm. is actually in humans and they may be able to like help uh people with alzheimer's and uh als and uh parkinson's and stuff i think and like several different ones that they are finding this actual species of bacteria so i'm like Maybe in like 20 years we'll have a cure for that. Oh, so you mean like the cure that they're doing for the CWD could mm-hmm. also potentially cure all these other diseases that humans carry or have? Yeah, yeah. If, yeah, he, he's isolated those um, spiroplasm in, in humans in uh, some of the uh, people that have Alzheimer's and, wow. and that kind of thing. That so. would be incredible too. Like... Mm-hmm. Not only did we avoid the end of humanity, but we also cured some of these major, I don't know, that would be, damn, that would be so exciting. I hope so. Me too, because I lost my grandmother to dementia, and uh, it was really, really hard to watch her, like, lose her life, basically, before she actually lost her life, you know? Yeah. She lost time, you know, and she she couldn't remember things and that's really sad (laughs) yeah I know I hate it for you and as you know my brother is diagnosed with Alzheimer's too Mm -hmm. so it kind of hits home for both of us you know that you know there could be something to save them I know I mean hopefully it wouldn't take 20 years you know for Remington's sake but that would Mm -hmm. be I mean just for anybody it'd be cool but yeah else about the zombie deer disease um no it's just uh they're just waiting on that kind of stuff um to i mean it's just a waiting game of getting all that yeah i guess 
developed and everything. But like, <laughs> you know how I am when I start researching things like it's snowball effects. Mm-hmm. And so like, here I am thinking about people who are actually hunting the deer. They're trying to put food on the table and you know, what if they did have a, a deer that had it, you know, once they could actually test for it. I mean, all that meat's going to go to waste. Yeah. So, I mean, like, essentially, I mean, of course, they'd be putting the deer out of its misery. When it comes, all this stuff that I've been researching about the U.S. and, like, food and how much they actually, we, as a country, waste. Yeah. Like, food thrown out every every year, like... Basically, we hit, we throw away 150,000 tons of food a day. A day? A day. That's like a pound a person. Holy shit. Every single day. And I'm not talking about like, I mean, yeah, a lot of it, most of it's fruits and vegetables um, that go bad because, you know, we'll buy a bunch of stuff and then not eat it. Uh, basically, like people, you know get a bunch of stuff like you have bananas they're like 40 cents a pound and you know you buy a shitload of bananas and then half of them go bad and they throw them away Mm -hmm. so you know it's basically a hundred or 1.3 billion tons per year of food but is all of it like rotten food are we just not eating it quick enough or are we being wasteful what is happening some of it some of it is uh that they that the food goes bad mm-hmm. but a lot of it is stuff that people just throw out as far as like bakeries and and stores and everything like that they'll just throw out like yes you know yesterday's food or the day's food and the, at the end of the day because nobody's going to want to buy like baked bread the next day because people just don't buy it mm-hmm. and so um in new york city there was a guy that was going through and uh essentially dumpster diving at the end of the day and they was literally finding bags upon bags of like fresh baked that day breads and scones all thrown away that was perfectly edible that's crazy like i can't my mind around that because i'm like you could have donated it to a church like you could have donated to a homeless shelter there's yeah i mean you do it before it goes bad yeah, and you you know how you've always heard you know people oh well they don't they don't donate it because they might get sued because they might gave someone bad food, mm. but you literally cannot get sued for that. Like there's a, yeah, there's a act called the the uh, Good Samaritan Act, and it's for that if you do- donate food in good faith you know to somebody you literally cannot get sued for it wow it it, you can't and literally nobody has ever been sued for it so what the hell then why are you know why don't people know about that act then i i don't i just think that they probably just don't know you know about it i think that it would be important to go to local shops and stuff and be like hey you know you if you can't use this stuff don't dump it donate it to, you know, there's always some place to donate it. Somebody, women's shelters, I mean, anywhere. Yeah, I mean, food banks. Yeah. 
That's insane. I, uh... Yeah. Um, my parent or my mom, she, she has a, she goes to a church and every summer they put together a, uh, kind of like a lunch or like a bag of like food and they give it away every Wednesday or Tuesday to for free for the community. And she said that you would be surprised at how many children come up there and get their bag of food and they run to the nearest, you know, curb and sit down and eat like they haven't eaten in days. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. God. And you know, that's countrywide. Like there's, that's everywhere. Yeah. So why are we throwing away 30 to 40% of our entire U.S. food supply when there's hundreds of thousands of people that go to bed hungry? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I've kind of like have been thinking about this kind of stuff because that's one thing that everybody has to have. You have to have food to survive and You know, when I was a single mother, I made too much money to get help, but I didn't make enough money to, you know, Mm. sustain myself and my child. So, yeah. Well, and that happens everywhere. Like that's, that was my situation for a long time, you know, too. Mm -hmm. I needed help, but I, on paper, made too much money. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get any help, but I wasn't getting child support. So, like, there was nothing to offset, you know, or to, yeah. to help. And because food is expensive, especially when you have more than one kid or mm-hmm. just one kid. Like, kids are growing, so they eat and eat and eat and eat. And mm-hmm. I like to eat, too. But, yeah, you know. But when you don't have enough money, you literally will sit there and not eat and watch your child eat. And you go without because you don't want them to go without. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think that it would be really good. Uh, this guy, his name was Rob Greenfield. And uh, he was, he's kind of like an adventurer type guy. He's actually cycled across the U.S. two times. Wow. And he, um, on a bamboo bike, <laughs> like a bicycle made out of bamboo. Wow. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he went like to all these cities any anywhere he went he literally like the very first time he went he would go behind this grocery store and he went to the dumpsters like man I don't have no place to to stay I don't have no food and he went back there and was like surprised that he literally found so much food in there to eat so every time he would go to a new place he would go to the dumpsters and dumpster dive and take all the food back to like the nearest park and it would literally feed hundreds of people wow yeah and so he started getting on facebook and getting volunteers to help him because of course he was on a bicycle and he couldn't carry all the food and he would get uh drivers to to take him around and get all the food and then take it to the place and like call the media and like he was really trying to get you know, this problem you know, some well, in the limelight so that we could kind of fix it because ultimately all this rotting food that's going to the landfills causing greenhouse gases and, like, affecting the environment as well. Yeah. 
I remember being young and hungry when we were kids and you know there was times that we went without food and I wish we had known that you know that we could have gone and just looked behind bakeries or whatever because we lived in bigger cities at the time where we could have and man there would have been a lot better nights (laughs) if I oh yeah we could have found some gold mines I mean there was times that we were pretty much homeless you know and didn't didn't have anything so that would have been would have been nice to know so yeah people would would have like this knowledge that they're not going to get sued and who cares like I don't know to me I think it's worth the risk like even if you thought you're going to get sued first of all it's bread so like like say for a bakery you know like how many times have you ate a piece of bread that was that gave you food poisoning like I can't think of a single time that I have no and I mean especially if it's something that was baked that day it does not go bad in one day it just doesn't and you know, like, people eat at least twice a day at a homeless shelter. Like, I know they try and do more, but, I mean, you know, somebody, like, the like the homeless shelter that I worked at, uh, volunteered at for a little, uh, a couple of times in Tulsa, um, I mean, I know sometimes you would see the same people coming back in. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that food, if they made it that day, it's probably going to be eaten that day, too. It's not like it's just going to sit there. Yeah. Like, chances are, I mean, the more food they have, the more people they can help. It's not like it just builds up and builds up. I mean, some of it, like canned food, maybe. But a lot of times they were giving the food away, too. They're like, here, you can put this in your backpack and take it with you. You know, mm-hmm. like, here's a plate for right now. Here's some for later. If, if yeah. we're closed or you can't come back or whatever. Like, it just makes sense that they could donate it to anybody and help a ton of people mm-hmm. and maybe yeah. there are some people out there that do donate that do know about that rule where they're not going to get in trouble it just seems like i don't know i feel like we would hear about it more often and there the waste would be way down you would think so but like uh i think a lot of it is they don't want to take the time because you know say for example, a casino, they have all this food that, you know, they can't sell. Like they, you know, the end of the day, the buffet's over with, they probably still got full, you know, pans of food. They're not, they won't give it away. Yeah. You know, they they say that they can't or something. And I'm like, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. And maybe I mean, something that we can go to Cherokee Nation with, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, and in, in some of the bigger cities, I know in New York that there's a lot of people that that's like, that's what they do. They actually live off of the food that they find in the dumpsters every day. Wow. I mean, there was like literally people um, getting fresh fruits, kale. One of them found some filet mignon that was that day. It wasn't even out of date. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, they're just throwing the stuff away, and it's just like, to me, it's like they, it's like people think we have an unlimited amount of resources, and we don't. Our parents, of course, I remember sitting out at the table and getting food, and if I got food, I have to sit at the table till I ate it all. I mean, they told us, you can't get up. You, you're not going to waste it. 
Yeah. And that's what's crazy is like, that's what um, I was reading on there. It says like people who eat healthier tend to waste more, especially whenever it comes to fruits and be- vegetables due to spoilage because they, you know, at, we like to g- buy in bulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is on sale. I'm going to buy a whole buttload of this stuff. Well, that stuff doesn't last that long, you know? So I don't know. Well, and two, I, I buy more than what I need to at the time just because I'm so used to buying for a large family. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I'm at, you know, looking, I don't, I don't know how much squash I really need. Like I really try and visualize, okay, if I cut this up, you know, what's it going to look like in the skillet? Like with all the other stuff too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to visualize like how much is really going to last us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's hard to judge it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I think that also that people should like have a garden. I mean, even if it's just like a little tiny something on their porch or something, you know, anything. Um, I really think that if you grow it, you're less likely to waste it. Some of the gardens yield so much. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I mean, which is good because then you can donate what you don't eat. Like my neighbors in Gentry had um, a garden in the back and they would bring me cucumbers and tomatoes and stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just too much for us to eat. Please take it. And yeah, but, and it, that would be cool. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, like, even if you just had chickens walking around, like eggs or whatever, I mean, like anything really would help, yeah. I would think, like. If we all had, like, if everybody that was able to had a garden of some sort, and I know there's people that can grow, like, herbs and stuff in their windowsill, how do you feel about it? Like, do you, are you saying that everybody, like, it'll help bring down the waste, or it'll help economy, or starvation, or the food supply? Is that what you're getting at by everybody having their own garden? Well, I kind of think so. I mean, I think that... For one, it would it would bring a sense of community, mm-hmm. you know. Everybody kind of pitch in and help everybody else, you know. I mean, I, they've I've seen several people in bigger cities taking lots and making huge community gardens, and people will come in there and help, and they get part of it, you know. And mm-hmm. I just think that if we had that resource, you know, resource, mm-hmm. maybe you know, a lot of the um, commercial farming. And stuff, which has also taken out a lot of the the local farmers around everywhere. You know, I really think that more localized uh, little mom and pop farms are so much better than these huge corporations, which is a whole another ball of wax. But I mean, I just think that the quality is better than quantity. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying though it, it would be interesting um like I can't grow anything in my backyard but I could like the side of the house and possibly you know try and um I just have a black thumb so it'd be one of those things that it would be a learning experience for a lot of people especially those uh the younger generations that didn't grow up on farms or didn't grow up you know, um, having gardens or providing for themselves and their families or whatever, because that's how it was back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, uh, I agree. Yeah, it just seems like 
I don't know. That's a really good idea. I wish, but I mean, realistically, there's people out there that are, they're too busy or they just don't want to, or they don't have the time. It's inconvenient. You know, they Mm -hmm. don't have the know-how, but I love the idea of community gardens and I wish we had one closer here. And I hope that Siloam can bring one, you know, um, this area, because that would be wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it would be something that people could, you know, and it would even be like something that you could learn from, you know, you may not have one at your own place, but you could learn. And I mean, I think it's important that even if they don't, if people, not everybody wants to do that kind of thing, you know, and like you said, a lot of gardens will mass produce a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, those people can't eat, that will go to help the people that can't, Mm -hmm. or don't want to, but I think that, you know, it is important for everyone to know where their food comes from. And I mean, you know, you see this steak on the, you know, thing in the the uh, supermarket. You see it sitting there on the shelf and you pick it up and you take it and you, oh, yeah, this is a great steak. But this thing used to be walking around, you know, eating grass or, you know, I really think that people nowadays have stepped so far away from their food sources that it's just like, they don't even realize mm-hmm. it's hard for them to envision that, Hey, this was an actual thing. This was an actual person and I, or person. It wasn't a person, but it was an animal. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> I hope we're not eating people. <laughs> I have a fun fact. And okay. It's a little bit relatable to this. Um, so I believe it's only in England right now. Um, there is a Tinder-inspired app to help farmers match up potential partners for their cattle. <laughs> so it's like FarmersOnly.com for cows? Yes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's called Tutter, and it's a mix of Tinder and Utter. And what they do is they'll get on the app, and they'll um, look at pictures of cows <laughs> and cattle, and they will swipe right on the ones that they like. And when they swipe right, it redirects them to another site where they have more data, more pics, more everything about that animal um, before you actually agree to purchase it. And so they had a quote on there, and it was something like, um, you know, it's easier to match cattle than it is humans because with this app you can at least you have like everything in front of you because um the app like the data on there it has milk yield it has cow being potential it has um anything you can possibly think of that you would need to know about your cattle and a potential soulmate for your <laughs> beautiful <laughs> and your bovine matchmaker yes. so that was fun and so like it's called Tutter and I'm gonna look it up and see if I can at least look at the app on my phone but I thought that was hilarious because I was like what like, that is awesome yeah, like for real <laughs> it's like matchmaking it's like betrothed yes like arranged marriage. Arranged marriage. That's the thing. I was like, what is that word called? I can't think of it. <laughs> arranged marriage. That's what it seems like. Like, you know, they have Betsy in the back, their beautiful heifer. And they're like, you know what? She's looking a little lonely. And so they just get on Tutter and find old, I don't know, a male 
Bartholomew or no uh, Ferdinand. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "That's that's the one. That's the one." But what what if what if old Betsy takes up too much room and they don't have room for Ferdinand? Will they just buy Ferdinand's love juice? I don't know. That did not, it did not have that detailed. Uh, <laughs> sperm bank for <laughs> I think that they do that a lot because, like, my husband used to work for, like, this really rich guy that used to have $30,000 cattle. Like, each one was worth $30,000. And, like, that's oh what they goodness. did. Oh, sorry. Do what? I said, holy cow, but I didn't mean to uh, say it. <laughs> like i'm like man i would just like to have one of them so i could sell it and be like yeah i'm paying off my car <laughs> no you're like upgrading your grooming shop and everything yeah i'll be like woo. have you ever i mean you have but you ever watch them eat like when they're just eating like they just you know their heads up not when they're down biting the mm-hmm. grass when they're chewing yeah like the way they chew like and the way they look at like off into nothing while they eat and to me i'm like what the fuck are they thinking (laughs) (laughs) maybe they're counting (laughs) like every time they chew it's like i gotta chew this 36 times yeah exactly they're like one two but (laughs) like it just they i don't know they're the most simple yet boring animals i feel like we have and yeah they're so cute they like cute but sometimes i'm just like Like, yeah like especially when they got the poo stash on their butt like (laughs) that's what i call it the poo stash because like they wipe their poo all over their butts and it looks like a mustache (laughs) that's gross gross, but i live like across from a huge field of cows and i see it all the time and i'm just like "Hmm, wonder (laughs) how uncomfortable that is I don't know. You would think it would be like super comfortable or not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like shit stashes. <laughs> I often wonder, like, you know, they're all standing around talking to each other, like, mm-hmm. like, like Bessie and, you know, Betty are over there ta- eating and stuff, and they see the freaking other cow over there, be like, man, freaking Karen's got such a fat ass. Yeah. They're just like they're talking about people, like <laughs> or other cows. Other cows, or like if it's like a constant competition, we're like, no, Ferdinand's mine, and then Karen's yeah. like, he's everybody's Betsy. Like he gets around. You ain't special. And, <laughs> <bitch>. <laughs> like, That's when the fighting starts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, well, this has been fun. I'm glad. Yeah, we were able to. uh get back to it and hopefully in a couple of weeks we can or whenever we get a chance to we've been so busy (laughs) hopefully we can record again and have some more fun topics yeah i mean hopefully it's not just about food and i mean i'll try to find something that's a little bit more entertaining (laughs) no this i mean it was good information and hopefully whoever listens you know maybe they didn't know and now they do and now they know what a shit stash is (laughs) Ha 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 ha!
<laughs> it's been very educational. <laughs> yes, and we all know that Karen the cow is a bitch and has a fat ass. Mama's a heifer, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, look up Tutter. Look up Tutter. You gotta show Jesse. In- oh, man, I will. <laughs> I can't wait to show him, like, hey. <laughs> Look at these udders on that. Yeah, exactly. Like, man, the milk yield on that bitch has got to be incredible. <laughs> man, she only costs thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah. You can't put a price on a milk supply. That's right. <laughs> Endless. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Well, I hope you yeah. have a good night and I'm gonna do some editing and hopefully get this thing a rolling. All right, well, I'll talk to you later. All right, see ya. All right, bye. Bye.